Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to Lead Or with an OR. I am your host, Victoria Cabrera, and I'm reaching out to you guys and girls today to remind you that everyday people are leaders too. And I want to help bring light to different people on this show to share their stories, to talk about life, and hope this brings value to you in any possible way. And just remember this there are leaders all around us, and it may just be you. I really thank you for joining in the podcast today, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hey everyone, I just want to introduce today's guest. Her name is Kimberly Rodriguez, owner of Coverage to Care. She's a very successful insurance agency owner here in San Antonio, Texas. And the reason why I wanted to, uh, to have her on the show is aside from her being an awesome and successful business owner, I just really admire her focus and perseverance. So regardless of you know, all the obstacles and the setbacks she's gone through throughout her own life, I thought it would be a good idea to have her on the show to share her story. Uh, so guys, I hope you enjoyed the message today. And thank you so much for listening in. No, it was actually my phone ringing. I just hello. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining in. I am here with Kimberly Rodriguez, a very special guest. She is the owner of Coverage to Care. And I'm actually really excited because you're my first guest on our podcast here in San Antonio with Lidor. And we also have another special guest, Tina Turner. So <laughs> I'm really happy. For those of you that are not watching the YouTube, I have my little uh, coffee cup with Tina Turner on it. So I wanted to invite Kimberly because she's actually a good friend of mine as well as um, a colleague. And I thought, you know, she'd be a per- you'd be a perfect candidate to come on the show. And the whole goal of Leador is to kind of help people realize and again, um, you know, help understand that everyday people are leaders. And so you're, we're everyday people. And I know that you're a very successful individual. And so I kind of want to just show everybody, you know, how you got to where you're at, kind of a little bit of background on where you came from, and then maybe we'll get into other questions and stuff. And it's going to be a very casual conversation, nothing scripted guys. So if there's um, anything that you don't want to answer, so don't, don't feel <laughs> pressured. Cause I know I like to put people on the spot sometimes. So um, so Kim, tell me, tell us kind of a little bit of background. Cause I know that right now you are a successful agency owner in the insurance space, but how did you get like, what, I mean, if you don't mind me asking what's your age right now, <laughs> that's like the number one question you don't ask. So, so that way everybody knows sure. kind of what, what's your background and, and kind of where you got here today. Okay. So I'm 38 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually born and raised in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. I was um, raised on the west side of town. And um, really, honestly, from a very young age, I was actually um, the middle child. Mm-hmm. And um, my mom was a um, single mom. Okay. So it was myself, my older sister and my younger sister. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like that for a long time. My mom got married when I was like 11 or 12 years old. Um, but really, those first 11 years of my life, I mean, I really saw my mom struggle. Yeah. You know, we yeah. had reduced lunch. Um, we were a part of the system, you yeah. know. Um, yeah. Saw my mom struggle through three jobs. My grandmother took care of us a lot of the mm. time. Yeah. Um, and so that's how I, you know, started to pick up Spanish. Because mm. with my grandmother, she was primarily Spanish speaking. So if you didn't speak Spanish. You, you got were... the chancla. That's right. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. So um, whenever from a since a young child, I just saw my mom struggle and I knew that that was something I didn't want, you know, for myself, um, for my kids growing up. And um, so I've always been the type of that go getter. Mm -hmm. Like I really know what I want and I go for it. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and you know, there's been struggles, you know, not just from my childhood, but even myself, mm-hmm. um, growing up and, um, getting myself from a teenager to adulthood. Um, I had my daughter when I was really young, I was 21. So, wow. I mean, some people would say, you know, not very young, mm-hmm. right. Compared to other situations, I completely understand, but you know, being 21 years old, um, and having a little girl, it was pretty scary. Yeah. Um, um, didn't marry her dad. And so it was just me and her. I got mm-hmm. a lot of help from my parents. Um, but at that age, even at 21, I knew just remembering back to when I was five, mm-hmm. six, seven, I knew I didn't want to struggle. I didn't want my daughter to struggle. Yeah. And so for me, it was a matter of wanting to make sure that I did everything I could to, you know, put the best foot forward. Mm -hmm. So I actually didn't go to college. Mm -hmm. Um, I did take some college courses after high school, um, but did not get an associate's degree, didn't get a a bachelor's. And um, right away, I always had those naysayers, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you're not going to make it. This is not going to happen. And and that was regardless of what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. You know, a lot of my uh, family members, friends, um, sister, my cousins, they were all going for teaching education Mm -hmm. and I knew I did not want to do that yeah I just knew it wasn't for me and so when I first started working a lot of people say it was late in in um, my age I was already I had just graduated from high school my Mm -hmm. first job was Mm HEB and I was um, you know pushing the carts I was bagging groceries and um, quickly moved up to cashier you know people think what cashier is not a big deal mm-hmm. but for me it was that stepping stone it yeah. was just knowing that I had to go through the process that that progress going forward like you didn't think of oh this is not I'm above this or this is right you were just thinking I'm I'm putting one step forward and it's getting closer to you don't know where you're gonna go probably yet but it was getting you closer to where maybe subconsciously where you were trying to go And I don't know if that's right, but no, absolutely. And I knew that I had to start somewhere and I never did. I ever think, oh, I'm going to, you know, get there by it being handed to me. Mm -hmm. I knew that that wasn't the case. Mm -hmm. Um, And I felt like I had a little bit more of that pressure on me, not just eyes looking at me and the naysayers, but also because of the fact that I didn't graduate from college. Mm -hmm. Um, I did take some college courses, um, but it, I just knew school wasn't for me. Yeah. Did you ever feel, cause I, because I can totally relate to you cause we kind of come from very similar backgrounds and being friends and colleagues, like we've learned that about, there's still some stuff that you said in there that I didn't know about you, but like, did you ever get I know because I didn't finish college. I was like you. I went to community college for a little bit. It wasn't for me. Yeah. But it was really weird when people would ask me like, oh, where did you go to school? Yeah. Or where did you graduate from? Or, you know, this or that. And I'm just like, I immediately like would have to say, not lie, but like kind of like play down. Oh, I was in San Antonio. I went to this school and that right. school. But I mean, do you feel like, like, I know now looking back because school was a big thing back then, but do you think that, the pressure's taking off a little bit now, just kind of, kind of, because were you in that situation? Did a lot of people ask you and did you, how did you feel when people would ask you that and you didn't really have 
the answer to give like, oh, yeah, I got my bachelor's in this or yeah. master's in that. Did you get that anxiety or that? Oh, absolutely. And yeah. I'll tell you, I had the same experiences. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter if it was something as simple as becoming a new patient with a primary doctor where they're oh. asking you your level of education mm-hmm. all the way to sitting across from someone for an interview. Yeah, it was always the sweats and it didn't matter if it was a casual conversation or a formal one. Mm-hmm. It was always what am I going to say? How okay. am I going to answer? So I, too, jumped around. I went to a few different community colleges. I started off at San Antonio College. Mm-hmm. Then I went to um, Northwest Vista. I went to Palo Alto. Mm-hmm. Like I tried several of them yeah. and it just wasn't for me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the anxiety was definitely there. Okay. Um, but to answer your question, speeding forward, I will definitely say that I still see that as a huge uh, conversation piece, mm-hmm. right? Where college has to be the next step. My mm-hmm. daughter just turned 17 and she's a part of this um, class called AVID at mm-hmm. And at her school, and they are all about that. Like, what school are you going to go to? She came home the other day, and she's like, you're going to help me, right? Like, Mm -hmm. what are we going to do about college? And so trying to talk her down from that, not telling her she cannot go to college, Mm -hmm. but just saying that there is opportunity for success. On the outside looking in now, Mm -hmm. I now see how much they push college. It's a business. Mm -hmm. They're Mm -hmm. trying to make money from it. Mm -hmm. They make money from the books, from the classes, from everything. And then you hear so many stories Mm -hmm. of people that have gone to school for so long Mm -hmm. to get a degree and then to come out to have all of these bills, Mm -hmm. all of these loan Mm -hmm. paybacks that Mm -hmm. they have to Mm -hmm. do per se. So, I mean, and not that there's anything wrong with college because I know my fiance, you know, she has her master's and and that's great for her. But like people like you and me that were in, because I always say I was in this undecided mode. Like I never knew what the heck I wanted to do. And I kind of, um, I think the universe kind of landed me into where I am today just because I was like, ah, no school. But I think that there is a place for people. But I think kind of like Gary Vee, I don't know if you listen to him. He always says, be very self-aware of what makes you happy. So if it's college that makes you happy, then do that. Or if it's, you know, if college ain't for you and you're in your early twenties, you have time to mess up. Like, gosh, like I've messed up all the way up until my (laughs) thirties. Somehow I was still, somehow I was still responsible in that time. But, um, you know, I think the whole, and leading back to the goal of this podcast is, is helping people understand that there's not just one path. Right. Oh, absolutely. And and the first step is taking the leadership in your own life. And a part of that is breaking it down even further and saying, OK, I'm going to lead my life and I made a decision now. But what is that going to look like for me? And you can get creative and it's not necessarily one way or, you know, you know, one way and no other way. Right. So explore those ways, get creative and figure out what makes you happy. So going back to you were working at H-E-B, you were going through these different colleges. How did you land in insurance? (laughs) Good question. So um, I actually started off with um, United Healthcare. Okay. United Healthcare was working as a customer service rep. Mm -hmm. Um, And rewinding a little bit before that, I actually used to work with my mom at her um, office. She had her own agency, but for Allstate. Okay. So PNC, Property and Casualty. Um, And... What landed, rewinding a little bit more before Mm -hmm. that, Mm -hmm. I actually started at USAA at 19 Mm -hmm. years old. Mm -hmm. This kind of just goes to show my kind of personality and determination. When Mm -hmm. I want something, I'm going to go for it full force. Yeah. And so at 19, I had a whole bunch of people, naysayers, my, you know, friends, family, like, what are you doing? You're crazy. You don't have any college, you know, background or any kind of experience. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get in. Mm -hmm. And back then, the department for USAA was called... 
the loss report unit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so it was um, perfect for a college student to be able to go in. You worked evening hours um, and it was called um, the regional services department. And Mm -hmm. I was able to work in the evenings, five o'clock, get out at nine, 11 Mm o'clock. But I was making $30,000 at 19 years old. That's a pretty big deal because I know it didn't seem like a lot now, but heck, 19 years old, $30,000, you know, that's a, so yeah, I can, I can see how that's like a big deal. Yeah. And a friend of mine that I used to go to high school with applied with me Uh and she was like, I didn't get in. I didn't get a call back. And that was it. She Uh left it at that. I was persistent. I literally every single day was bugging that HR department rep. And I'm sure to this day, she probably remembers me because I (laughs) bugged her so much. But every day I was, it was about the persistence and wanting to get in. Sure enough, I finally get in. Um, get an interview with her. I got approved. I got in and that's where my insurance started, but through property and casualty. Gotcha. Gotcha. Left USAA, went to go work with my mom at her agency. And it was just tough. Working with family is hard. Mm -hmm. Um, She, I I love my mom to death, but it was just too much working with her. So I was there for about a year and a half, left there, then went to United Healthcare. Mm Mm-hmm. From at United Healthcare, the reason I actually went to United was because being in the property and casualty side of things, I heard about the opportunity with larger commissions through the health insurance mm-hmm, side. Mm-hmm. And so I knew there yet again, I had to start all over. Mm-hmm. Not having the college degree, not having the experience, I knew I was going to have to start at the very bottom. So I literally got in on United with customer service. Mm-hmm. I was on the phone taking calls, answering benefit questions, had no clue what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was there for about a year and a half, mm-hmm. um, ran into an opportunity where I was able to actually go and apply and start with WellMed. Mm-hmm. There again, started at the bottom, didn't know what I was doing with the health, um, the primary care world, right? Okay. And so then I started with them in their social services department, just collecting Medicaid mm-hmm. applications. Mm-hmm. Um, did that for a while and didn't take me more than a year um, and I outbeat a colleague mm-hmm. that I was able to get into the marketing department. She and I both interviewed for it. Yeah. Um, and um, I got into the marketing department and I started um, there. And that's when I really started utilizing my life and health license. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, and then, you know, from there I left in January of 2011 because I had my youngest son. Mm-hmm. And it was scary, but yeah. I pushed myself to go from salaried uh, employee to self-employment. That's a, that's a big deal. So I see a pattern with you and I think, um, some people can relate to this, like everything that you've been saying from like college to HB to USAA to WellMed to all these different companies. One thing I, I see a pattern is that you didn't, you weren't afraid of the unknown. Right. Like you were kind of just, Hey, you know what? I'm going to do this because it gets me one step closer. I'm jumping in. I don't know what to expect or what's going to happen, but I know you're kind of like in that boot camp stage where you're building your skills and it didn't seem, I mean, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just speculating, but it didn't seem like you were asking that many questions like, oh, this is going to be my career path forever. It just seemed like these kind of led you down to the path that you were in. But the one thing is that you kind of took on things and you weren't, it's almost like you, you, maybe you did have fear, but you couldn't have the fear because you were, there was a bigger there was a bigger, you have your daughter to think about now your son. And at this point it's like, Hey, I got to do whatever I got to do to make stuff happen. Was that kind of like oh, the, absolutely. the mindset? Absolutely. And I felt like if I allowed fear to hold me back, did I have my moments of fear? Absolutely. I mean, I'm human. So yeah. definitely there was a lot of times that I would, you know, go behind a closed bathroom door and then just sit there and cry. You mm-hmm. know, what am I going to do? How do I make this happen? But every time I had something in me that said, you know what, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Suck it up 
put it aside, mm-hmm. make it happen. And so I think the way that I work, it's, it's funny because mm-hmm. people say, um, you know, oh, when you get, you know, all the naysayers that you, it kind of makes you shrink back. Mm-hmm. If anything, that actually gives me Fuels m- you. more fuel. Yeah. Well, you know, it doesn't surprise me because a lot of people that are very successful, it actually is that for them. Um, you know, when you listen to a lot of these like multimillionaires and billionaires yeah. and they would talk about that, um, they, they said that that actually fuels them. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, and, but everybody has their different fuel, right? Like, and that's a good point to bring up because aside from business, like, let's just take business out of the question. People do worry a lot about judgment, right? Oh, like, for sure. it's like, Oh, what if they, you know, what are they going to think of me if I do this? And what are they going to think of me if I do that? And, and I think it really does hold people back. Like, yeah. like for instance, this podcast, right? Like we're doing this podcast, like if I would have said, Oh God, what if people think I'm dumb? And what if people think I don't have anything good to say or yeah. what, you know, it wouldn't do good for anybody because the whole point is to try to get information out there to people. And maybe they can take one bit of advice from you or from anybody Absolutely. else that comes on this, on the show and say, Hey, you know what? I can relate to her. And if, and okay, you know what? I'm going to implement this next time, or I'm going to change the way I start thinking going forward. And for that's sure. the whole point. So if just remember guys, like if, if you're feeling something that's holding you back, just do it. Like, don't, don't think, don't overthink it because our yeah. thoughts can just go everywhere. Right. And yeah. that's for anybody. Like I, I, it's funny because I feel like some people out there pretend they don't have like fears and insecurities, <laughs> right? Like, Oh, I'm this, you know, big shot, but everybody has insecurities. Sure. Would you say, well, can I ask you a personal question? <laughs> <laughs> ask it first and then I'll see if I can answer it. <laughs> so what are you most insecure about? Because obviously everybody has them. I have them. Everybody has them. What is your biggest fear or insecurity? You know, surprisingly, I would say the fear of being unliked. The fear and, of being unliked. Okay. And I'll tell you that, you know, it doesn't matter if it's a friendship circle, if it's a business professional mm-hmm. circle. Mm-hmm. I always want to put my best foot forward. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But... That was me elementary days, right? Yeah, yeah. Now it's like, I yeah, I still have the fear. I still want people to like me. I think mm-hmm. everybody does. But I go a step further and I'm more so afraid that I don't want the wrong perception of me to be out there. Mm. So I'm going to do everything I can to prove who I am. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I'm willing to do that because I know that my name at the end of the day is on the line. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's kind of another level of that. Yeah. Still your, your reputation is everything. Absolutely. But I think when people actually get to know you, like I know when I was in high school, people were like, Oh my God, she's a B or, you know, because <laughs> I really, I would like, like I'd have this, you know, face and I'm squinting and it's probably, I didn't have my contacts on that day or yeah. I didn't have my glasses, but people would think, oh my God, Victoria, the reason we didn't talk to you in high school was you looked so intimidating. Like you kind of looked, you know, like you were in a bad mood and it wasn't that inside. I was like jumping for joy and happy. But on the outside, I just had this like F you kind of, you know, vibe. And, um, but when people get to know me and who I am, they're like, oh yeah, no, Victoria's good people. And the same with you. Like, you know, we've all had our instances where we hear things about, other people but when you really you know i would challenge people not to get into that like get out of that mindset of just listening to what anybody has to say without ever meeting that person right Right. had i listened to what people were saying about you we would not be in this situation right now and i i admire you because not only are you a 
a dedicated mom and a wife and a sister and I'm sure a daughter and, but you managed to get, so to grow your business. So take me back to when you started your, your insurance agent, a coverage to care when you started, because you grew pretty fast. Yeah. And so I want to see, kind of dig into that real quick, but what made you, so you jumped and then you just grew. What, what went into that and, and how did you just suck it up and say, you know what? I'm not going to have the fear. I want to, I want to get this going. So take me back to that. Okay. So 2011, mm-hmm. I left WellMed, um, started doing this on my own. Um, about June of 2012 is when I really started to work the business. Okay. Um, in June of 2012, between 2011 through 2012, I was with another agency, national agency, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. wasn't paying attention to me. I told yeah. them I wanted to grow. I wanted to, um, have a team wouldn't pay attention to me. So I just knew I had to jump ship. Yeah. I had to move over to a different agency. So I did. And now the national agency that I'm currently with is the one that really helped me. They mm-hmm. saw the potential in me right away. Mm-hmm. Um, I had some colleagues that worked for the agency that used to work with me in the past. So mm-hmm. they knew me. Mm-hmm. Um, they took a chance on me and I was so thankful they did. I started off right away with five agents in mm-hmm. 2015. Um, and then we quickly quickly grew. We're currently at 95 agents in mm-hmm. San Antonio and the surrounding markets. Although I will not take full credit for that. Mm-hmm. I will say that I have an awesome team mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that I feel were side by side, shoulder mm-hmm, to shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, you mm-hmm. obviously are a part, a huge part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's me being able to find like-minded people like myself. Yeah. Like you are a lot like me, mm-hmm. you know, roll up your sleeves, willing to work and really put in the grit that's mm-hmm. necessary to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my husband, Mm -hmm. I will say that my husband came on board with us in the agency in 2017 and another huge component to why the agency Mm -hmm. is successful. Um, so just between us three, Mm -hmm. I think that we have so many different strong points that make us whole. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. not, you know, just Kimberly and because of, because there's a lot of things that you do great that I cannot there's a lot of things that Daniel does great on the marketing side that we could not, yeah, right? Yeah. So um, I think it's a matter of finding the right people to connect with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, everybody's going to be different. You can't expect everybody to always be positive and to always be willing to jump into the fear. Mm-hmm. But I think if you have a good group around you that everyone's willing to play, yeah, that's what makes the difference. So that's important because one of the things that um, I've mentioned kind of like in the intro of the podcast is, or, or when you go back to episode one, I had mentioned that there's a lot of people out there, like everyday people, and not just in business, because I don't want people to think this is just a business podcast and about business. Yeah. But there's a lot of people out there that they're surrounded by the negative people in their lives. And sometimes yeah. that might be family Sometimes that might be friends and sometimes it sucks because it's your, your, maybe even your spouse. Right. And so I like that you said that because I kind of try to stress that it's so important to surround yourself around people that are going to make you level up. Right. Not necessarily like, Hey, choking you, you need to change or you need to do this. But you see, like when you get your get around that good energy and somebody's kind of taking off and, and, and doing work, you want to start. Okay, I I want to level up. And so how important is it? I mean, I'm going to ask you this. Had there been people in your life, and you don't need any names and all that, but was there ever a time in your life where you had to make hard decisions and cut out certain people in your life? Oh, for sure. To be, to, 
not to be selfish because I think if you, if you don't take care of yourself, yeah. then you cannot help other people. It's kind of like that cliche thing. Um, you can't really find true love if you really don't love yourself. I mean, I think it's very true. Oh yeah. So by loving yourself, do you think that it's important to cut out people and maybe even the loved ones outside of your life or at least temporary to get your foundation strong? And have you had to deal with that too? For sure. Um, I can tell you a uh, personal experience through a friendship that I had Mm -hmm. through high school. Mm -hmm. Um, And then outside of high school and as my daughter was growing up, but it was just one of those toxic people Mm -hmm. that it was always talking about negative and not just negative in this person's life, but trying to pick out all the negative in my life mm-hmm. and then also picking out all the negative in the news. I mean, obviously it doesn't, it's not, that's not hard, yeah, right? Yeah. But I mean, to always be following the negative, it's mm. like, gosh, and then, you know, that person to complain all the time when negative things were happening. Well, mm. duh, yeah. you know, that's all you're focusing on. Yeah. Um, so I would say, yes, I absolutely dealt with that and having to cut out the toxic people. Now, here's another thing, you know, can we completely cut out the toxic loved ones in our lives. No, right? Mm-hmm. We're a family. We're always going to be there for each other. And not to per se that I have any one person in my life, family-wise, that's like that mm-hmm. right now. But is it possible? Yeah, it is possible. And if so, you just have to kind of distance yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I think at the end of the day, like you said, being a leader is not just about business. It's about every aspect of your life. Mm-hmm. So you really have to go you know, dumb it down to the very bottom and say, Mm -hmm. okay, what is my foundation? Mm -hmm. Do I have a foundation that's sturdy enough to say I can build upon that? Mm -hmm. Um, And I agree with you a thousand percent. When I actually got a divorce officially in 2013 with my first husband, um, I went two years just kind of going through my own spiritual path. Mm -hmm. um, And then from there kind of really rebuilding myself because Mm -hmm. You know, for whatever reason, there was always this idea that in high school that I had to be, you know, have a boyfriend and, Mm. you know, have you had sex and, Mm. you know, all of that main stuff that comes up for these kids in high school. It's ridiculous. And that's not life. Life is not have a boyfriend. You know, how many sexual partners have you had? And are that that's not life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's different in high school because everybody that's like, I don't know where. And that's a whole nother conversation. But but. It's, it's again, going back to that judgment of what people think of you right. when, I, when I was in high school. Heck, I, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm gay and I kind of knew at an early age, I knew at a very young age, but I never wanted to accept it. But there was that pressure of you have to like boys and you have to do this. And so I kind of went on that path and I was very unhappy. So I can see where these kids can get to this, this situation or even adults worry too much about about what people think and it has a bad impact on them but going back to surrounding yourself by not surrounding yourself by people that don't want the best for you right right and And that's something that i actually was just talking to my 17 year old daughter about mm, this morning oh god 17 (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) everyone pray for me Mm. (laughs) um but i will say that was the very conversation i was having with her like it doesn't have to be about that so life is so much more so going back to what Mm -hmm. i was saying earlier in those couple of years between 2013 and 2015 it was something that was an opportunity for me to grow yeah and to really okay i need to love myself what mm-hmm. do i like what don't i like yeah you know before i find a partner i need to know what i like and what i don't like mm-hmm. before i see if i like their mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. what they like to do yeah so care so being selfish not selfish but kind of being selfish yeah. like i know when i met carmenza like one thing because we've all been through our, our good relationships and bad relationships and i think we're both to a point where okay we're solid now yeah. but 
when when I we first got together, it's funny because she said she wrote a list of everything she wanted Same. in a person. Yeah. She like literally got that specific. Like not saying, oh, I wish I could meet somebody that was, you know, perfect and sweep me off my feet. No, I want somebody to like this music. I want somebody that is positive. I want somebody that's ambitious. I want some and breaking it down. So I think the, the power of writing things down and being specific in your vision is very important because I think it really does manifest in your everyday actions and how, where we want to go in our life too, because, and, and again, this, this podcast is good because I want people, like if you're sitting at home right now watching this video or wherever you're at and you're kind of in this rut, like you're stuck or you're like, God, I'm at this, at this moment in my life where I don't know what the heck I want to do. Like I'm 45 years old. I'm on this path or this path. I don't know what I want to do with my life. And I want to tell you guys that it's never too late or it's never too early to, to build a life that, that is going to make you happy because too much people, again, go back, going back to the judgment is too many people always do things to please other people instead of pleasing our inner self or pleasing, um, getting a little bit selfish and making sure that we're completely happy. So that way we can continue to do the things that we want to do. Um, I do want to ask you a question though, because I know we're kind of talking about surrounding ourselves with positive people. You said you worked with your mom. Yeah. Um, did you, so by seeing her act as a leadership role, cause obviously she owned her own agency that, that, did that kind of play a little role in, in where you kind of led in a sense, or did you see that and say, okay, I saw that and I want something like that. So I'm going to go get it. Or how did that impact you if, if it did in any way? Yeah, um, it did. Um, I'll tell you, it impacted me in different ways though. Okay. So yes, I knew I wanted some kind of business mm-hmm. of my own. Yeah. I knew I didn't want to have someone telling me what to do and how to do things. Right. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to create my own business yep. uh, and my own opportunities. But at the same time, me and my mom don't have the same work ethic, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, my mom has a different idea. You know, mm-hmm. her agency didn't last mm-hmm. very long, but not because it couldn't. Mm-hmm. It was because she didn't want it anymore. Mm-hmm. She wanted to go back to the nine to five job and mm-hmm. that was okay for her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in a sense, yes, that did spark something in me to say, I don't know what it is, but I definitely do want to build mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. business. Mm-hmm. I want something of my own. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think everybody in our lives, whether friend, you know, or foe mm-hmm. or colleague or not, they all have some kind of impact in mm-hmm. our life and makes us push ourselves to be better. Yeah. I mean, I think as women, we put that pressure on ourselves, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, to do good and we're always worried about what other people are thinking but Mm -hmm. even more so as women I mean you think about the me too movement and everything Mm -hmm. that's going on now you definitely see an even inflated um push Mm -hmm. right that Mm -hmm. women can do the same thing men do Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah and I think it's like um especially in our industry because for those of you guys that don't know we're in the insurance industry specifically health insurance and um God, I hate to even get in that because it's not like, oh, women, and yeah, that, know. you know, but um, it definitely is. I wish there would be more and it's happening more and more, but I hope and I do wish that more and more women do step up to the plate and we see it more. But I, I think in our industry, it's kind of like a 70, 30, would you say like 70 yeah. percent men, 30 percent for sure around there? Um, so <clears throat> going back to um, persistence, like because you got from. You got from, you know, in 2015 and we're in almost not even in 2020 yet. So what is that? Four, four years mm-hmm. almost. I mean, it was a huge shift. So, so 
what would you say in that time was, was it focus that kept you going? I mean, other than being around people and they help you and we all, you know, we all help each other, but was there something in there that I'm just trying to find out, like, how can people implement this, this particular thing in their lives? Like if they're, if they're kind of stuck or they want to get something going, what advice would you give to them to say, you know, keep pushing forward or this is what you need to do to stay on course? Is yeah. it focus? Is it not worrying about what other people think? Is it a number of things? I mean, what do you think the number one thing is? Um, I would say persistence is the number one thing. So okay. for me, it was every day is a new day. Okay. I mean, we can say that for everything, right? Mm-hmm. For diet, for relationships, mm-hmm, for mm-hmm, friends, mm-hmm. for work, mm-hmm. um, for motherhood. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Every day is a new day. Just get up and do it again. Mm-hmm. Make it happen. Keep going. Yeah. Um, and I think for me, there was a lot of the things that really pushed me to keep going. Obviously, number one, my kids, my mm-hmm. husband, um, but also the naysayers, mm-hmm. you know, that, and that's going to be different for everyone. Mm-hmm. Every component of what makes you push harder mm-hmm. is going to be different for everyone. Mm-hmm. I get that. Um, but I would say definitely just the persistence of saying, I can do this. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter who you are or what you do, where you come from, whether you have schooling or not, you can make whatever you want happen for yourself. I am um, one that really follows a lot of the secret and tony robbins Mm -hmm. and and i've heard quotes from them and you know the secret one that i've always hung on to is we think over sixty thousand thoughts a day well why not make those thoughts positive ones yeah is it at the beginning a little bit harder to think positive than negative sure because Mm -hmm. the negative comes to us really quickly Mm -hmm. but it's a matter of saying no Mm -hmm. push it out push out that negative and Mm -hmm. say because a lot of the times it starts with us it yeah. starts in our own head, yeah. right? Yeah. We think, oh, this person doesn't like me because they gave me this face. Same mm. thing in high school, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, you hear it even today. It doesn't matter how old you are. Yeah. So I think that's that's the biggest thing for me was persistence. And it didn't matter. I didn't know that we were going to get to 95 agents. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even still to this day, I have a lot of those naysayers, but that's okay. Yeah. Because at yeah. the end of the day, you're always going to have yeah. naysayers. Well, fi- they say 50% of people are going to agree with you and 50- the other 50% are never going to agree. So you can't please a hundred percent of people. And unfortunately some of that 50% might be close friends and close family. Yeah. And I, luckily I have been very fortunate to have, you know, great people in my life. I think it's because from a very young age, I always kind of had this practice in my head. Like I'm going to get, I, I'm going to continue to have good people, but, and if you guys haven't read it, the go giver, Oh God, I know yes. that I love that book. So, but we, and I'll probably give this credit to my mom because, I mean, I can remember time. And I always remember this when I was young. Um, sorry, mom, I'm going to put you on blast. <laughs> I know. I kind of feel the same way. Like I did the same for my mom. So there, so, um, we love you guys. Yeah, I know. We love y'all. <laughs> um, without getting too personal, like I remember this one night where my mom and dad got, got into it and I was being kind of selfish because it was the next day for my baseball tryouts yeah. and something happened where. I was like crying because I was like, no, I want to make the tryouts. And, you know, I'm, I was the only girl in baseball at that time. Like back then there was no girls in baseball. I was the only girl in the baseball league. Fun fact. (laughs) And this was in Corpus. And, uh, and so I was looking for, I had my glove ready. I I had like, you know, put it under the chair so that way it gets loose. And so that way I'm ready for my tryouts. And I remember the first thing when my, when my mom and dad going to fight, I was thinking, I'm not going to get to go. Well, my mom came into my bedroom and she says, Miha, 
we are going to do, if we got to walk to your child's, wow. we are going to make this. And all of the crap that she dealt with at, at that night in that time, she came to the room and said, we are going to do whatever we got to do to get you to those trouts in the morning. I don't care if we got to walk. I don't care what we got to do. And I was like, whew. Yeah. And so I kind of learned at a young age, like even in these bad situations, yep. good things happen. For sure. Right? Like, and so I was no longer focused on the bad thing. Yep. I was like, yes, I'm going to make the trouts. And now I'm like, all right, I'm going to play baseball. And now I'm thinking. So when I was young, I think... It was kind of like boot camp for me. Yep. Like every time there was a bad situation, we would try to find a good in it. We would try to find good in it. And it kind of got us to where um, to where my mindset now is like, I want good. I want good. I want good. And so I don't know if that has to do with me doing that. And that's why I've attracted good people in my life, whether it be friends or family or, you know, my fiance now or business partners. But um, do you think that that ha like, can you remember a time in your life where maybe you weren't positive? And you were attracting people? Oh, for sure. Okay. For sure. I can definitely tell you, even just, you know, when I was going through my divor divorce mm -hmm. with my first husband, mm -hmm. um, you know, it was a matter of, I kind of felt like self-destruction, mm -hmm. right? Um, and it was just like, I was pushing everyone out of my life, all my loved ones. And it was just like, oh my gosh, poor me. Mm. This is never going to end. And, I, you know, what did I do? Maybe yeah. I should just deal with it and be with my ex-husband. And, you know, then the same old Kim came up. It took a while, mm -hmm. but the same old Kim came up. And I was like, okay, roll up your sleeves, figure it out. You're a mom. You've got kids. You've got to make this work. It mm -hmm. doesn't matter. Things don't stop. Bills mm -hmm. aren't going to stop. Mm -hmm. They still need to be fed. Um, so there, there was a time that I felt like after, you know, when I was going through the divorce that I was like, N I'm not going to have life anymore. Mm. You know, this is it. This is the end for mm. me of social Kim. Mm, right. Okay. Um, and then, you know, just like anything else, you figure it out, mm -hmm. you pop back up, you wipe yourself off and mm -hmm. you, you make it, you know, happen. What would you say? Like, cause there's a lot of people that struggle with this and we can, we can say this so much to people, especially like people yeah. that are trying to get back on their feet or people that are trying to start a business or get into a new endeavor. Um, would you say, and I know the answer, but would you say there's more failures in that process than there are wins? Uh, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. You've got to be prepared for that. Yeah. You've got to be prepared for the, I tried this, it didn't work, I mm -hmm. fell. I tried this, it didn't work, I fell. And mm -hmm. that's not to say because, you know, we are successful that those yeah. failures are not going to happen. Yeah. If failures don't continue to happen for us, we are not continuing to succeed. Mm -hmm. And succession for us is mm -hmm. a different situation now, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like, okay, great. We've gotten a business together and we've made it happen and we've made it successful. But now what's the next level? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. in order for us to grow, we mm -hmm. have to keep trying. We have to keep challenging ourselves. Yeah. And I'm that type of person that mm -hmm. I cannot be stagnant. Mm -hmm. And so that's a part of my, it doesn't matter where I start. I get it. Mm -hmm. I'm super humble. I'll say, I'll start with cleaning the toilets. Mm -hmm. That's fine. That's the Whatever thing. I need. That's the thing. Like people are not willing to go through the shit. Yeah. They, they True. they're like ooh, i don't want to do that yeah. i don't i don't want to go you know and, and i know you and as well as myself is we're the type of people that are going to do whatever it takes to make our vision happen whatever yeah. that vision because my vision changes all the time like oh, i'm like okay sure. i want to get here okay not change and i need to do this but it's all going towards one thing like yeah. a lot of the things that i do is because i have now God, i can't even count anymore 15 nieces and nephews i don't have any kids <laughs> but they're like my 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 children yeah 
in a sense. I can give them back when I want. <laughs> so they're not really your children. <laughs> they're not my children. But when I when I think about like people are like, oh, dude, you're doing well. Like you make you know you you do you get, you have this and you have that. But it's not about that. Like it's not about material. Yeah. It's not about my bank account. Um, but I think it's important to have big goals because me, the way I think is I'm not thinking for me. I'm thinking for my mom, yeah. my brothers and sisters, my nieces and nephews, five years down the line, if they need me, I'm here and I can be that. So that's why I work so hard. Yeah. And I'm imagine for you, you have your, your children and your husband and you're trying to leave something behind, but what would you say? And I hate to be so cliche, like, what's your why? <laughs> but when you wake up, like, because we all have bad days. And, and going yeah. back to when you were going through your divorce and all this stuff, obviously, we've all been at a low point, like yep. mentally or physically or whatever it might be. But when, when you were laying down in bed and you were crying or whatever you were going through, whenever you had a bad uh, a situation happen, what was that thing that triggered off? Like, was there something that triggered in you that says, I got to get the hell up? And, and if it was, what was that end goal? Like, what was that end thing? Was it, do you think about your kids? Do you think yeah. about like, what, what is that for you? Well, and I don't, I know that this podcast is about leadership mm-hmm. and all of that. And mm-hmm. I don't want to stray too much far off of that, mm-hmm. but a hundred percent honesty, it was spiritual. Okay. It was the yeah. spiritual path that I took. Yeah. I'm a Jehovah's witness. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's one thing that, oh my gosh, it's so taboo to say. There's a mm-hmm. lot of misconceptions out there about mm-hmm. the religion. This is not what that is mm-hmm. about. This is this podcast is not that. But mm-hmm. just saying that for me, mm-hmm. that's what led me to where I am today. Yeah. It was Jehovah. Yeah. I put him first and yeah. I just kind of led it to him. And I said, you know what? Help me. Mm-hmm. I know I can't figure this out yeah. by myself. Yeah. And so I allowed him to lead me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what got me up. That was okay. my initial. Gotcha. Um, and then my everyday, obviously, is him, yeah. Jehovah. But then also my kids. Yeah. My husband. Yeah. And it's a lot of times people will say, oh, you know, do it for this person or do it for mm-hmm. that person. I love my kids and my, mm-hmm. my husband to death. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah. If you're not doing it for yourself, yeah. it's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And so it doesn't matter what it is. Weight, being a better mom, you know, being a good wife, mm-hmm. uh, being a good business leader, anything. Mm-hmm. You've got to put yourself first. Yeah. And it's got to be that you're doing it for you. And like you said, like going back to the spiritual thing, like, and it doesn't matter what religion or what, what you believe in the universe, God, you know, whatever it is, right? Yeah. Um, you have to find whatever is in yourself. That's going to get you up in the morning, make you take that, you know, first step out of bed and keep going forward. Yeah. Whatever that might be, spiritual, physical, business, uh, relationships, whatever it is, find those couple of things that are going to help you stay motivated. Because if you really don't know what you're working so hard for, or you really don't know kind of, um, kind of not why we're living this life, but if you don't have some type of goals, it can get very easy and, and lonely because you're like, God, I don't know what the heck I want to do. Yeah. Like when I was in back in college, like when I was the undecided, I was kind of stressed. I was like, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Yeah. Like, is that bad? Like I'm, you know, and then I started feeling like an outcast because I don't know what, what, what I want to be when I grow up. I don't know what I want to do. So if you, whatever that's going to be for you, you guys need to find that within yourself. Mm -hmm. So when we bring people on the show, you know, they're just kind of sharing their stories. You could pick apart, you know, what you need to help implement that in your life. And, 
Um, I know we're running out of time and you have to go. I appreciate you being here because I know you're super busy and I, and we're in our busiest season right yeah. now. So taking an hour is even a big deal, but, um, what would you say? So talking to everybody, yeah. like just to kind of close out, I know we kind of talked a lot, of, a lot. And again, leadership is not about somebody that just owns a business or somebody right. that's, um, you know, owning this big company or military or coaches or whatever it might be. It's not just about that. It's about finding, finding how to lead your life. Yeah. Right. And, and if you need guidance, that's what we're here to help with. But just find, you know, if I can make a recommendation, listen to podcasts, read books. I mean, that's what's helped me. I mean, it's kind of like my therapy. Yeah. But what would you, if you're speaking to, let's just say there's a mom out there or there's a kid in college right now, or there's a guy that's, that's, um, supporting his family and, and, you know, trying to be the breadwinner for the family. What's one thing that you would say to these individuals to help them stay motivated? Help them stay motivated. That's a good question. Know your why. I know, like you said earlier, that sounds like very cliche-ish, mm-hmm. but um, what is what is it that drives you? What's mm-hmm. your fuel? Mm-hmm. And it can be anything, like you said. You know, I, you know, we said earlier, I didn't go to college. That doesn't mean that's everyone's, mm-hmm. you know, um, situation mm-hmm. or path. Mm-hmm. I completely get it. But know your why. Mm-hmm. Do things for you. Yes. Yeah. And, and I think that so many times we allow other people, other situations to really get in our head and allow that to drive us. But at the end of the day, are you really happy? Mm-hmm. If you're not doing it for you and you're doing it because someone else is in your ear telling you what to do, it's not going to mm-hmm. last. It doesn't yeah. matter what it is. And it doesn't matter who you are. Mm-hmm. You can do whatever you want. You just have to put your mind to it. Yeah. And I know that that's something we hear all the time. And it's like, oh, come on, whatever. Yeah. But then this comes and life comes at you. Yes. Yeah. Life comes at all of us. It's mm-hmm. a matter of how you handle that situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, looking at the positives mm-hmm. of what can come out of it. Yeah. Because you've got to fail to make things happen. I'm so actually, know your why. I'm actually so glad you said that <laughs> because it goes back to the the reason for this podcast, Lead Or, right? It's like, um, again, in the first podcast, I said, if you don't build a foundation, a strong enough foundation under you, how are you supposed to help other people? Whether yeah. it be your inner circle or beyond your inner circle, other people that you don't even know you've never met. So if you're not being selfish enough and not so much selfish because selfish seems like a negative word, but it's really not. It's like loving yourself, right? And finding out what's going to make you be that better person. So that way you've built that strong foundation. That's going to be the first step because if you're trying to help and there's nothing wrong with helping people, but if you're trying to help all these people around you, but you don't even have your foundation strong. Yeah. How are you going to be able to scale that or to maintain that level of giving or giving, giving this or however you say it with, without maintaining that strong foundation? So I'm, I'm really glad you said that because it kind of ties into everything that we're doing our, where we're trying to convey in these messages. Yeah. It's um, like in the airplane, you got to put on your oxygen there you go. mask yeah. first yeah. before you can put on anyone else. So, yeah. you know, there's always this negative connotation about putting yourself first. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or doing something for yourself, treating yeah. yourself for a day. Don't see it as negative. It's not. And if we're you're not all, putting yourself first, yeah. you don't have the energy. And don't be going to no Nordstrom and buying yourself <laughs> some Louboutins <laughs> and some Louis Vuitton. We're talking about. Hey, there's nothing wrong with I that mean, either. If you want to do that, you can do that all day long. But we're talking, you know, internally first, be yeah. selfish. Yeah. 
and built that um and and built that that self-esteem Build yeah. the oh, self-esteem yeah. first. Yeah. The, because yeah. you know what? I think everybody from when we're super young, someone's always in your in your ear about what you should do, yeah. how you should act, what you should say, what you shouldn't mm-hmm. say. So have that self-esteem. And at 30 years old, I found mm-hmm. myself trying to rebuild that self-esteem because yeah. I was so worried. And I feel like even more so for females that we have mm-hmm. that extra eye on mm-hmm. us, right? About what we do, what we wear, how we talk, what we say. I think definitely yeah. self-esteem. And I'm going to do a little plug. I know um, a friend of ours, um, or not a friend of mine, has a, a podcast called The Confidence Creator. So um, if you're a woman and you're trying to find that confidence, it's a great podcast. Go listen to it. They're locally awesome. here in San Antonio. But going back to that, I mean, it's not just about women. It's about men. It's about everybody, yeah. right? Like, it's about everybody. And if you need help, like, I mean, I'm not a psychologist or anything, but... <laughs> I, you know, I'm pretty good about helping people. And, and if there's anything that you need, you can reach me at the uh, Victoria at the Medicare space.com. Um, I'll, I'll give my number out um, to you if you need it, but, um, but thank you so much for coming. Yeah. You, you're awesome. You're very like, Ooh, <laughs> and I'm sorry I put you on the spot because I know I put you on the spot. You're fine. A lot you didn't ask question. me about my weight, so oh, we're good. Oh God, don't go there. <laughs> don't go there. But, um, Thank you so much for coming. If, if there's anything that you guys need, um, you know, just reach out to to us again. How can they find you? Like if somebody wants to find you, I know that, um, you know, I know your job is not to, you know, to, to, but if anybody wants to get a hold of you, where can they reach you? Where can they find you? Um, gosh, I actually, without plugging in our agency, I really don't have, um, I can plug in your agency. Yeah, absolutely. So Kimberly at coverage to care.com. If you guys have any questions, feel free to shoot me an email more than happy to answer that. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, that's probably the best way. And then if you would like a phone conversation, you know, email me and then I can give you my number and we can talk from there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, again, guys, thank you so much for joining in today's today, uh, today's podcast. Sorry about that. Um, but again, if there's anything you guys need, just let us know and we'd be happy to help. Thanks for joining in and be sure to listen to the next podcast. We're going to be putting this one on, on YouTube and this will be on, um, all your major platforms as well. So thanks for joining in. Have a good day guys. Hey guys, thanks again for joining in the podcast today. I hope you can uh, listen into the other messages that we have for you coming up. And if there's anything that you need, please reach out to me. But remember this message, guys, if you're not leading your life and helping others, what are you doing? I just want to relay that message out to everyone that's listening in and hopefully take some of this information that you've learned from the podcast and implement it in your daily lives. If there's anything you need, you can reach me and email me at victoria at the medicarespace.com. Again, victoria at the medicarespace.com. Thanks again, guys. And I hope you listen into the next podcast. See you there.